chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, and I want to share with you a word that I've entitled, The Path to Kingdom Glory, How, Kingdom Power, The Path to Kingdom Power. How many of you, you want to access Kingdom Power? Just lift up that hand because I do, I do, and I think we all do, right? Today, we're going to hear a little bit about the path, the path to Kingdom Power. We are in Matthew chapter 20. If you've got your Bibles, you can pull it out. You can read it straight from your Bible. I left my Bible at home while hurrying the kids out. So I've got it on the screen for myself. But that's for me. Yeah, it's not for you. You read it on your Bible, okay? Um, okay, tell you what. Let's all read this together. You can read it on screen with me. Amen. Ready? With a loud voice so they can hear it in Patronas and Dunkin' Donuts across the road. Okay? Are we good? Are we good? Can, can we do that? With one resounding voice. One, two, three. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. Father, we pray, Father God, that today you will saturate this place with the power of the living God. And Father, I pray that every, every part of us will be good soil. That when your seed, as you sow your seed, as you sow your seed, Lord God, in this place, it will fall on fertile ground, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that day by day, you will water this ground. You will cause this seed to grow. You will shine the light of the Son of God upon it, Father God. And Father, I pray that we will all grow in the likeness of Christ and find ourselves smack in the middle of the road to kingdom power. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, what's going on here in this text? So something quite, something quite, I don't know, something quite cringy is happening in this part of the Bible because, because the disciples, by this point, I think they're onto something. They kind of get the feeling that this man whom they've been following, this Jesus whom they've been following, is about to enter into some kind of power. And so, they don't really know what kind of power he's entering into. It's clear from the way they talk. But, they know he's onto something. So, they themselves are onto something. You know, friends, some people can be, can be loners and, and not very influential and have no and be influential. But before they are known, they can have no friends. And suddenly, when everybody senses that this guy is going to be a somebody, suddenly, the whole world becomes their friend. Now, I don't think that's what's exactly happening here, but it's something like it. It's something like it because the moment the Zebedee brothers, John and James, smell that they're with a winning horse, right? They smell a winner. They want to go and sit on his right hand and on his left hand when he enters the kingdom. Problem is, these guys, they want to access power but they don't even have the guts to go and ask for it themselves, right? They, they ask their mother, like, hello, hello, what's wrong with these guys? They ask their mother to go and ask for power on their behalf. You know, friends, when I was 13 years old, 
and I was in Form 1. I spent my whole primary school in an all-boys school. I was in secondary school in an all-boys school. I had no experience with girls, right? And, and I was 13, and I, and I fell for this girl at Interact Club. And, uh, and I really, really liked her. Uh, she's not my wife, you know, thank God. Um, uh, and I really liked her. And I think the stupidest thing, well, maybe, maybe in hindsight the cleverest thing, the stupidest thing I did was I sent my friend to go and talk to her for me. Can you imagine what happened after that? Because some of you know what happens after that. Yeah, it's exactly like the old joke, right? The old joke, a man wrote a love letter to his, to his sweetheart 365 days a year. At the end of the year, she fell in love with the postman. By the way, if there are any mums here, if there are any mums and dads here, and you are parenting over a fresh grad, can I beg you, please don't go and sit in the interview room with your child when they're going for a job. Please, I beg you, don't do that, right? It's a real stock killer, right, for them. Hey, you laugh, right? It actually happens, okay? It happens. Yeah, please don't. You don't even stay in the lobby. Stay in the car, okay? Do your, do your child, do your fresh grad a favor. Stay in the car. Yeah, all right. So, so the idea here is, man, if, if you can fight your battle yourself, Fight it yourself. Please don't send mommy to go and fight this battle. What mama's boys these guys are. Don't, if, if you can't fight your battle yourself, then make sure Jesus is fighting it for you. Amen? Amen? So that's what happens. These guys go. Mommy says to Jesus, Jesus, can you let a boy here and a boy there sit on your right and on your left? And Jesus says, I, I believe Jesus ignores mommy. Okay, I think, I think Jesus looks at these two boys and he says, you have no clue what you're talking about. Buddy, you have no idea what you're asking for. Can you drink this cup that I'm to drink? And how many of you guys know when the creator of the heavens and earth tells you, kid, you don't know what you're talking about. It's about the right time to, to stop talking, Right? These guys don't know, you know, like, what, where did these come, where did they come from, man? They say, we can, we can, yeah, can, can you drink the cup that I will drink, you know? Can, can, well, like, so pandai like that. And after that, Jesus gives them a proper schooling, like, you know? So, so what, what are they asking for? What are they asking for? They want to sit at the right and at the left of Jesus. What does it mean to sit on, on the right hand and on the left hand of someone who is powerful. It means this, that you are important. There is something that you actually have meaning, okay? You have a functional influence. You are important. You are significant. You are influential. What it also means is that there is a positional authority about you. You, there, you, have, you are in command. There is a rank issue, right? You are ruling. You are in dominance, right? It also means that in the hierarchy, in the hierarchy of things, you are next in line. There is primacy to who you are. You are high-ranking and there is also something, it also means that there is something intrinsic. There is an attribute inside you that makes you sit right hand, left hand. It means that you are powerful. Rank or no rank? Right hand, left hand, you are strong. You are like the alpha male. You are mighty and, you, and it speaks about greatness. That's what it looks like. And these two boys, these two are boys, want to access all of these great things, right? All of these great things because who don't want ma, right? I know some of, for some of us, you know, we, are, we find power more delicious than others, okay? I know for some of us, we find chakwitao more delicious than power or, 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 you know, I don't know, entertainment more, more delicious than power. But for some of us, power really gets to us, right? But all of us want to be important. All of us want to be known, to be acknowledged, to be in a place of honour. We all want that. But Jesus starts schooling them. He says, you want all this? You sure you want all this? Okay, let me tell you how you're going to get all this. To get all of these things, it needs to pass through the cup. You want to access all these things, you access it through the cup. What is the cup? The cup is the cup of suffering. This is the cup of pain. This is the cup of the cross. 
You want to access all these things, you access it through the cup. What is the cup? The cup is the cross. And what does the path to the cross look like? It is a humble path, a painful path, the open path. It is the humble path. It is a painful path. But friends, it is an open invitation to that path. Can, let, let's, say, let's say these three points together with me. Are we good? Are we good? Third service. Everybody say with me, the humble path, the painful path, the open path. All right, let's start with the humble path. What happens here? Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. What does lord it over? It's quite an old expression. To lord it over someone is to boss over them, is to, is to condescend over them, it's to order them around. It's a high power distance, right? So the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be that way with you. What? What? No, 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 no. I, I've read the leadership books. I've attended the leadership seminars. I know what leadership looks like. Nope. It shall not be that way with you. No, 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 no. Jesus, you don't get it. I know this leadership thing. Not you. Yes, we can, right? No, uh, no, no, Jesus. No, no. I get it. I know leadership not in this kingdom. It doesn't work this way. In this kingdom, whoever would be great among you must be servant. Huh? No, I don't get it. No, Jesus, you don't get it. Jesus, you don't get it. Great is great. Servant serves great. Serving people serve the great one. If the leader is to be great, then he must have servants. Then it shows he's great. A great leader has many servants. The more people serving him, the more great he is. Jesus says, No. Whoever would be great among you must be a servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave. And why? Why should the great ones start out humble? Why should kingdom power be accessed through humility? You want to know why? Because the one who embodies the perfect exemplification of kingdom power started out humble. Because even as the Son, everybody say even as. Even as, what this means is that because the Son of Man started humble and He accessed all of this, he, he will, right, at this point, and He will access all this power, if you want to access all this power, so too must you start humble. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to many friends. Jesus walked the humble path. So if you want to access greatness, know that Jesus walked the humble path. And we are in a church this year, our theme this year is a what? I'm not sure if I heard everybody, what's our, what's our theme for this year? Together we... Together we follow Jesus. So following Jesus, to follow someone has two aspects. There is an imitation aspect and then there is a go-where-they-go aspect, right? And, and both are at play here. Jesus walked the humble path. If you really mean what you say and you want to follow Jesus, then you have to follow Jesus. Where he goes in, when he stoops to the ground, you have to stoop to the ground. When he washes feet, you have to wash feet. You know how humble Jesus is? Can I present Jesus before you? Especially for those of you, if, you, if you're fairly new to, 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 to being in church, you've never had Jesus presented to you many times yet, I want to show you this Jesus. Jesus was so humble. At birth, he was humble. In being born onto earth, he was humble. He came down from heaven. He came down from all the glory, all the might, all the riches as the creator of the heavens and the earth. He came down and he was born into a food trough, an animal's food trough in a barn, in a manger. He was born into that kind of place. 
His crib was not like those fancy, you know, titanium cribs that we have today. His crib was a food trough with, with hay and with, with, with whatever that they could do to, to, to make it a mattress for him. That's how humble he was. Jesus lived a humble life. You remember when Jesus said, the Son of Man, people come to him and say, Jesus, we want to follow you everywhere you go. And quite like this, right? Jesus says, are you sure you want to follow me everywhere I go? Yeah, yeah, can. Wherever you go, we'll follow. Then know this, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Even the foxes have holes. Even the birds of the air have nests. All the creatures have a home. The Son of Man is an exile on earth. He has no place to lay his head. You want to follow me? You want to follow me? Be ready to have no place to lay your head. That's how humble he was. That's how humble he was. That's why it blindsided everyone. No one could imagine the king would come like that. And in death, he was humble. In death, he was humble. In the trial leading up to the death, he was spat on, he was mocked, he was, he was beaten, he was, he was made a fool of, he was disgraced in, in front of people. Hey, you think he can't fight back? You think he can't fight back? Snap off a finger, he could have fought back. He didn't. So much restraint, so much humility, he held it in. He held it in. Allowed them to make a fool of him because he loved them too much to judge them at that moment. In death, he was humbled, stripped virtually naked, and then put up on a cross, displaying that nakedness to all, everybody who would come and watch and laugh and mock and jeer and make stupid jokes about him. You know what kind of stupid jokes they made about him? They said, ah, do you think he's so smart? Then get off the cross now. Like he healed people. He saved people. Why don't he save himself now? Cannot save himself, right? Ha, ha, ha. They made that kind of jokes. He could have, he could have gotten off the cross just like that. He could have sent legions of angels to, to, to undo everything, all the horror and the, uh, and, the, and the tyranny of the cross. He could have undone everything just like that. He did not. He held it in. Such restraint, such humility. He bore it all in death. And then in resurrection, he was humble, right? He could have, you know who he could have, if I was resurrected, you know who I'd show up to? I'd show up to Pilate, man. That's the first guy I would show up to. I'd be like, bro, I'm alive. <laughs> and then I'll go away, right? Just to leave him confused. And then I'll show up at Caiaphas. And I'll be like, Caiaphas, my brother. And I'll watch the horror on his face. I would insta-story his face. And I'll keep my camera on and go, Caiaphas, my brother. And then watch his face, right? I'll post to everybody, go like, ha ha, hashtag stupid, right? Hashtag I won, win Liao, right? I, would, I, mean, I mean, I might have done that. He did not do that. You know who he showed up to as a resurrected king? He showed up to Thomas. The same Thomas who, was, who had all these questions like, cannot be, cannot be, unless I put my fingers in his hands and in his sides. I cannot believe that this could have happened. By the way, quite a fair thing to say. I mean, like, I think we give him too much stick for, being, for having those doubts. I think any one of us might have said that. And he showed up to him and he didn't rub Thomas's nose in like, huh, see, I don't believe, huh? you know? So humble. He just said, Thomas, come, you know, touch my hands. Touch my hands. It's for real. I am for real. And he showed up with the two men walking to Emmaus, right? And he could have revealed himself like, and like become, become so obviously, so, so self-evident that he is the resurrected Jesus. But he didn't, you know. He instead chose to reveal himself through the Old Testament. He, he walked with them and through the scriptures, line by line, story by story, he revealed that Jesus was the Messiah. So self-effacing, he didn't need to wow them. He just stood there and revealed Jesus the Messiah so that they would believe. I love this Jesus, man. I tell you, I love this Jesus so much. He is not a Jesus who likes to show off. Even though if anyone in the whole universe has the right to show off, it would be him, not us. And still, he doesn't like to show off. 
I love this Jesus. Man, can I say this? If you're not a Christian and you've never met and known a Jesus who is so humble, so much power, but so much restraint, so self-effacing, so beautiful, can I invite you to love, know this Jesus for the rest of your life? It'll, be a, it'll take a lifetime of, of, of getting to know Him. So you might, might as well start now. Don't start on your deathbed, man. It's way, it's, you miss out on way too much. Start now. Start now. Get to know this Jesus. I love him so much. You will love him so much. Jesus walked the humble path. And I want to show you what else the Bible says. It says this in Philippians chapter 2. By the way, Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 to 11 is like the greatest passage on humility ever. Like, you cannot find a better part of the Bible talking about humility, right? And it says this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Really, do nothing. Yeah, nothing. Not even one. Nope, not even one. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, meaning selfish ambition goes. Out of conceit, conceit goes. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Wait a minute. How on earth? Count others more. No, man, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. I'm a very important guy. No, no, no. Calm down. Count others as more significant than you. I say this at a lot of weddings whenever I do weddings, that, that you should consider your spouse more important than you. And then your spouse should, should, should consider you more important than themselves. And so if, if I want my needs met and she wants her needs met, the way to go about doing it is not to say, give me my needs. And then he goes, give me my needs. Because then they go apart. And they might just very well get their needs, right? But they get it by going apart. But instead, if one party says, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my needs to serve you. And then the other one says, no lah, never mind, I will sacrifice my needs to serve you. Okay? And then it becomes like that thing, like, no lah, no lah, no lah, no lah, no lah, you, you put down the phone first, uh, no lah, you put down, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, right? It becomes a beautiful vision of two people prepared to die, for, die to themselves to serve each other. You both get what you want in the end anyway, but it is so much better. And that is, that's what Philippians 2 is trying to say. Count others more significant than yourself. Look, let each of you not look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who... Now, why should you die to yourself and meet other people's needs instead? Why? Remember? Together, we follow Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, He who was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, meaning that he did not pull rank. He did not say, I'm the boss, ma, that's why I get to do this, ma, right? You don't know who I am, ma, but he can say that, but he doesn't say that. He did not count equality with God something to be leveraged on, but he emptied himself, meaning he made himself as if he was nothing, by taking the form of a servant, meaning a servant is a conduit, a servant is a vessel, a servant does not contain himself. A servant contains the desires of the master, the one to whom the servant serves. Emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. King became servant. King became ordinary. King became just like one of us. Now, I know it's a bit hard to imagine the greatest, most glorious king leaving his, 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 his heavenly palace to come 
and be like a commoner, just like us. I grew up Buddhist, right? So I grew up with all these stories about how Siddhartha was a prince, there was a king, was a prince, and then he left his, his, his palatial home and went out, you know, you know, into, into, you know, to see poor people and sick people. So I grew up with that. But maybe, maybe I got a better example for you to get a feeling of what it's like to see someone high, mighty, lofty, and in power come down and become ordinary people. And I'll tell you this, my wife, my dear, my dear wife is a bit of a British family, British royal family watcher, right? So, she, so she's always watching the British royal family and what they're doing. So she'll be telling me, oh, oh, um, um, Harry and Meghan uh, were just in South Africa. And I'll be like, oh, Harry and Meghan again, you know? Um, and so she'll tell me all these stories and she's following, all, following their Instagram accounts, you know? No, she's cut back on a lot of that already. 40 days was, well, was a cutting back on, on, on the royal family, right? But, but she showed me this picture. I, I like this picture so much, right? Um, this is Prince William and his family on a budget airline. They were flying to have a family holiday in Scotland. So that's, that's, that's Prince William. That's George. They're all carrying their own bags, huh, by the way. Um, that's Charlotte. That's Kate and Lil Louis right there, right? So everybody's carrying something, including Kate, right? Everybody's carrying their own things. And they fly on a budget airline, I like this guy, man. By the way, the first time I saw this picture, I immediately thought, William, I know how you feel. Five full fare air tickets. You know, I totally get that. I know it's hard, man. I know it's hard. I just came back from Kuching alone, right? <laughs> I like this guy, right? Fast becoming my favorite royal. Anyway, so this week... My dear wife shows me another picture. She shows me this. This is William uh, watching England versus Czech Republic just this week in a pub, right? William and, and William, like my friend, right? Like Bill and I, Bill, <laughs> Prince William and Frank Lampard show up in a pub, right? To watch the England game. And, and if, is there anything, like he's just sitting there with a normal bloke, right? And he's just, and is there anything more like a normal English man than to show up at a pub, watch an England, show up at a pub, buy yourself a pint and watch England get beaten by a substandard team, Right? It's every English man's journey. So that's him. Probably right when the second Czech Republic goal went in and England lost. I like this guy. He is like, he's like one of us. And I'm thinking, I'm not even English. But if I was a Brit, he would be my favorite royal. You know, and, I can't, and I won't be able to wait for this guy to become my king. Hey friends, you've got a king. You've got a king who is there with you. I don't know if he's there. He's probably there with you in the pub, right? <laughs> he's there with you. He's there with you at your football game. He's there with you in your living room. He's there with you in your brokenness. He's there with you in your failures. He's there with you in your pain. He's there with you in your skin disease. He's there with you in your respiratory problems. He's there with you in your financial breakdown. He's there with you when you have nowhere else to turn. This God, this King, this Jesus whom we worship and love, we don't worship Him and love Him for no reason. We worship Him and love Him because He first loved us and he loved us so much he would come down from his palatial home and become just like one of us commoners and he made the value of the commoners so high so precious he imbued in the everyday man so much dignity because he said, I who am king can come and be like one of you. So don't dare any one of you try to boss over each other. Don't dare any one of you try to lord it over each other. Because I will come down and serve just like one of you. Friends, the path to kingdom power is through humility. 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 Hey, by the way, uh, these things must land one, you know. Yeah? Because this pulpit uh, has been preaching on, on being humble and Pastor Chu and Pastor Lee Chu have modelled it for 25 years and the leadership, the, the, the elders have been modelling it for... You want, they've been modelling it for 25 years. You want to know one of my favourite new old stories 
Back in CP Tower, CP Tower is the Bangunan Siemens, right? We were there between 99 and of 98 until 2006. And back then, when the church was so small, you know what we used to do? You know what we used to do? Every Saturday, one of the cells would be rostered to come and wash the toilets. They would come and wash the toilet every Saturday in time for Sunday service. How many of you want to come this coming Saturday to wash our toilets so that on Sunday morning, the rest of you can come into a clean, fresh-smelling toilet, right? I tell you who, Elder Kunta used to do it, right? right? The story goes, he used to roll up his pants, you know, all the way up to his knees, and he'll be hosing down the whole toilet on a Saturday evening. And he himself would tell us that, that it, was, it used to smell so bad, you'd be slain if you walk into that toilet. Hey friends, if your elder, if your elder can roll up his pants, roll up his sleeves, and hose down the church toilet, takkan we can't have a bit of humility, right? Takkan we have to lord it over like, wow, I'm so good, you know, I pay my tithes. Who are you to tell me? Get yourself a cleaner. Wait, please lah, please lah, cannot. Cannot. After 25 years, I don't know, some of us 25 years, some of us 25 months, right? But after, after that amount, any amount of time, takkan every year you're still the same. You must change. You must grow. You must go from glory to glory. You must be transformed by the word that is preached, by the modeling of your leaders around you. You must become more and more humble every year. I'm not asking you to sleep with a homeless beggar overnight. Um, please, no one's asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to let this word land. This word must land. It cannot just skip off you. It must land in good soil. Amen? So I want to show you this. I want to show you this. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So that is his path to power. But is there power at the end of it? Yes! He accesses it. You know how he accesses it? Through being humble. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Everybody say therefore. Every time you see a therefore, you must know what the therefore is. Therefore. That therefore is there to tell you that if he did not humble himself, he would not be highly exalted. This therefore is here to say that if he did not empty himself, he would not attain the name above every name. This therefore is here to say that if Jesus did not make himself a servant, he would not have every tongue confess. No one's knee would bow if he did not become a servant. We don't bow to non-servants. We bow to people who will first be a servant. We bow to Jesus Christ. We bow to Jesus Christ because the greatest, most wealthy, most powerful, most decorated emptied himself, became the lowest, to lift up the dignity of the lowest, so that today, man, I gladly bow. I will bow to one like this. Amen? Amen? How many of you, you would bow to one like this? Amen? And Jesus didn't just walk the humble path. He taught us the humble path. He's the one who said, if you are going for a dinner party, you've been invited to a dinner party, and you show up, don't go and sit at the seat of greatest honour. Macham, you, you deserve it like that. Please don't. Don't. I don't care whether you are Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or, 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 or Master or Pastor or Dato Tansri, Dato Sri, whatever. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter in the economics of the kingdom. When you show up at a dinner party or you show up any kind of party, including a church party like this, okay? Please, go and sit at the seat of lowest honour. Don't come and like try to sit on Pastor Chiu's chair, okay? Please, sit at the seat of lowest honour so that if Pastor Chiu comes up to you, he can say, or the master of the house, whoever it is, comes to you and say, Brother, come sit at the front, come sit at the front. And we're always doing that, by the way. Huh? We're always doing that. We are constantly saying, can you guys please fill the seats at the front? And you're like, no, no, no thanks. Don't want to move, right? So that we can give you an upgrade. Hey, if this was a plane, you'll be rushing the seat to the front. Lousy plus, yeah. Don't. 
go and think you are so whatever and, and take the place of highest honour. But sit in the humblest place. Start there so that Jesus can give you an upgrade rather than start where you think you are, the, you are all that and then Jesus has to go and like, hey, bro, bro, uh, downgrade a bit, Ken. Yeah? Let me show you where you belong, right? You belong. Oh, no, not a drum kit. There, you belong there, right? <laughs> please, la, please, la, you know? Don't thin skin a bit, thin skin a bit, okay? Jesus taught us the humble path. He walked it, he taught it. Amen? Amen. Now, I know for some of us, for some of us, we go out into this world and you say, bro, humble path doesn't work lah. What on earth are you talking about, right? And then we say that, okay, how do we succeed in the world? And those among us who, this is what we'll say to our kids, right? Work hard, be smart, deliver results. That's how you succeed in this world, right? Work hard, be smart, deliver results. That's how you do. You know what? If you spend even one day in the shark tank, that is the world outside, you know that this may not get you anywhere, right? But in the shark tank, you need to get yourself noticed. Mm, why suddenly so quiet? Mm, you got to get yourself noticed. Then you got to position yourself for maximal coverage. You know who did this? Absalom did this, right? Potong the father's jalan, waited at the, at the gates of the city. People with problems came in and said, my father don't know how to solve your problem for you. I know how to solve your problem for you. Potong jalan uh, uh, and positioned himself for maximal coverage. You and I know that man didn't end well. Yeah, He fly high, didn't last long. Punch it within a short while. Okay? And then what else? Make yourself look good, right? And then what? Bootlick all the important people, right? Right? Wow, kind of panggang a bit, yeah. And then what? Lobby for support. Now it's getting real, right? Lobby for support. Cut deals, man. Yeah, cut deals. And then smear your rivals, right? Do that, smear. Yeah, and then what? Seize the moment. Your rivals will have a weak moment. Yeah, so this, what you do in the shark tank, you wait for their weak moment and then you seize on it. Carpe diem. Get them when they're down, right? Who did that? You want to know who did that? Jacob did that, right? His brother Esau came into the room literally weak, right? From hunting. This is the moment, man. I've been waiting this for so long, bro. So long. Yeah. Give me your birthright. You have this soup, right? That's, that's the way of the shark tank, right? And second time he did it, you know, you know, when people seize the moment when their rivals are out of the country, then they go for the kill, man. That's what, that's what Jacob did. His brother went out hunting again. When his brother was out hunting, quick, cook the food, put on the hair, get the blessings now, 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 before your brother comes back. Make a decisive, aggressive move for power. Wipe out all your opposition, even if you need to have a bloodbath. Wipe them all out. Reappoint your people into all the key roles. This, my friends, is the way of the shark tank. And maybe some of you are going to say, Pastor, are you, all you Christian pastors, you all don't know real life. In real life, cannot humble, humble one. In my shark tank, I have to be like this. You don't know because you've never been in the shark tank. You've always been on the pulpit. Yeah. I can say this to you. I am not naive that in the shark tank to become the alpha shark, you may need to, to, to resort to behaviors that look a little bit like that. I know you do. That's why I could make that list for you. But I also know this thing. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Jesus said that at the Garden of Gethsemane. I also know this thing, that if you want to play and gain power according to the ways of the world, you may very well get power of the world. But I can say this to you, that power is not a power that will last. It is a power that will be robbed off from your hands the very way you robbed it from someone else's hands. Friends, it will not pay off. It will not pay off. It's true. You want, you want to be Alpha Shark? Go, man. Do. Be the Alpha Shark. Slaughter everybody. Be the top dog. 
One day, some other shark's going to become the stronger shark than you. And he's going to rule that tank. And then suddenly, you're going to find yourself being chased around and being robbed, being bitten, being backstabbed, being whatever. But friends, why am I showing this to you? Because there is kingdom power. You want kingdom power. You don't want any old earthly power. You want a power that is from on high. And yet, the weird thing is, you shouldn't go around asking Jesus, eh, make me the kingdom power, you know. It starts with humility. We don't jostle for power in the kingdom. We don't. That's not how the kingdom works. We start at the bottom, we serve everybody, and that's, that's our journey. That's our journey. It is the humble path. The path to kingdom power is the humble path. The path to kingdom power is the painful path. It is a painful path. How do I know this? Because Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup? Are you able? Seriously, are you able to drink the cup? And then these guys go, we can, ma. We are able, ma. Jesus says later in Gethsemane, Jesus, even Jesus himself begged the Father, begged the Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And then my Father, if, it, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. The cup that Jesus is talking about is the cross. It is the way of pain. Serving other people is painful. Thinking of other people as more significant than yourself is painful. Loving others, sometimes at your own expense, is painful. But this is a cup of wrath-absorbing power. This is the cup of burden-bearing power. This is a cup of self-sacrifice. Do you want, can you drink this cup that Jesus himself is going to drink? Can you? Because it amounts to this. The path to kingdom power is not for those who think it's going to be an easy ride. It will not be an easy ride. Now, I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear. We don't go looking to suffer. We don't go looking for a problem like, you're so free, man. Go and look for people to persecute you. No, we don't do that. That's not the Christian way. The Christian way is to walk in the middle of the will of God. And part of walking in the middle of the will of God means that there are commands in the Bible you cannot neglect. And in not neglecting it, you're going to have to do it. And to do those commands means you need to share the gospel, even to people who will hate you for it. And that's when the suffering may come. And to walk in the middle of, of, of the perfect will of God means that you're going to have to enter uncomfortable places. And when you enter those places, that's when pain can come. And I want to honour so many of you, 700 of you, who went to Sarawak for Malam Pentecostal. You fasted for 40 days. When you got there, the haze was so bad and it didn't phase you. You went on that padang. You walked seven rounds to pray. You bore the pain of, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and, and, the, and the haze and, and the sickness and all of those things. You bore it for the sake of the Sarawakians. And we did not we access some kind of kingdom power that night. Amazing power that we saw unleashed in Kuching that night. Amen. Amen. It will, it will come with some degree of pain when you are walking smack in the middle. I want to show you one of my favorite verses of the Bible. It is Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may... What's that, partner? Provided we may suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified. I don't quite like that, partner, you know? So, so if this is my computer screen and this is my word processor, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to highlight this part and I'm going to cut it out and I'm going to open a new document and then I'm going to paste it. But I have a problem 
My problem is that comma, it's a giveaway that I have cut it out from somewhere else. Never mind. Thank God for editing. Uh, for, for editing, I can turn it into a full stop. Yay! So look, it looks so nice now. Ta-da! Good job on you, brother. So nice. Oh, praise Jesus. Oh, spirit filled fire. So good. Oh, praise Jesus for command V. Yeah. And all the while, on that other document, come on, man. Come on, man, what's that? Guys, come on, what's that? You know what provided means? You know what provided means? In order that you will be heirs, co-heirs with Christ, Children of God, provided you suffer with Him. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then as, co-as with Christ, provided. Qualification. You must suffer with Him in order that you may also be glorified with Him. You know what this verse means? It means that if you will not suffer, if you will not suffer, you won't be a child. If you will not, you won't suffer, cannot. I reach suffering, I say no. No co-Adam with Jesus. If you reach suffering and say, cannot, I'm too posh to suffer, you won't be glorified with Him. Because it's provided and because it's in order that. So friends, you can't run away from it. You can't run away from it. Friends, Jesus walked the painful path. But I want to show this to you. The painful path is also the unenviable path. The path of walking in faithfulness in God will be painful. It will not be something you can look on and say, wow, I envy those guys, man, doing such, such, such a great life. You know who lived an unenviable life? Joseph. He accessed kingdom power, like quite, quite some crazy kingdom power. Became the second man in all of Egypt, a foreigner. Was his life, <coughs> was his life enviable? No, no man. Sold as a slave by your own family, right? Put into, falsely accused, put into prison. And then betrayed by someone who told you they could get you out of prison and they didn't, right? You want that life? You want that life? Well, you need that life. If not, you can't be the second man in Egypt. You need to go through that before you can access second chair in Egypt. Who else? King David. King David, greatest king. Until today, minus Jesus, the greatest king of Israel. You think his life was enviable? Chased around as a young man by then the existing king being chased spear thrown at him, everything, everything going after him, had to run for his life, had to hide. And when he himself became king, his own commander betrayed him, his own closest man betrayed him, his own sons betrayed him. You want that life? But if you don't have that life, you can't access the power David accessed. It's influence. You want to access that kind of influence. The path to kingdom power is humble and it is painful. And these guys were prepared. Daniel, my goodness, Daniel, a true exile in Babylon. You know what he had to do? He had to cut himself away from all of Babylonian excess and culture and all the things that they did and say, I will stay true to my path. And he had to watch his friends go into the fire. He had to say, I will not bow before this, before this idol. He had to go through all that and be persecuted all the way through. And man, did he access some kind of power. SIBKL. I know we know this, but we need to keep reminding ourselves. We need to keep being reminded. In order to access true kingdom power, it is a humble path, but it is also a painful path. And it will not be an enviable path. Those two brothers went to Jesus and tried to angle their way into, his, into positions of power. You know what happened to the other ten? 
You know what happened to the other 10? This is how envy works. The other 10 looked at these two guys and they were indignant. They say, what kind of these two guys are betraying us right now, trying to, trying to potong jalan and get to the right and left hand of Jesus. These guys, immediately there is envy. And by the way, the envy would continue. Huh? You know, in John chapter 21, then G when Jesus was restoring Peter, do you love me more than this? Yes, I do. Feed my lambs three times. And then at the end of it, he tells Peter how he's going to die. And then Peter looks over at John. Again, huh? so you can see that some of the, some of the undercurrents with this favoritism thing, like, wow, how come uh, you got special treatment for John? Uh? How come you, is it because he came and asked you to sit on the right? He said, how about that guy? Will he die being crucified upside down too? You know, because if I'm going to have to die that way, my buddies better die in a pretty horrific way too, right? Like, Jesus said, hey, hey, watch that. Watch that. Don't let the envy and that competition get into your heart. If I will for him to die, he'll die. If I will for him to live until an old age, he will live until an old age. But you, follow me. You, as Abigail, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. If God has called you onto a path of suffering, he calls you onto a path of suffering. And if you look across the, the room and you say, how about that guy? Hey, no man, be careful. Be careful. Just, just yesterday and this morning, Pastor Elder Kuntat was sharing about, about the workers and they all came and they all worked. Some people worked from morning until evening. Some people worked from evening until evening and they all got paid the same. And those who got paid uh, uh, um, the same for more time of work were looking across and said, how come those guys got paid more? How come? How come? Why like that? Why like that? The master says, hey, watch it. Watch it. Don't envy those guys. If I want to be rich in my generosity to them, that's my business. But you, stay. Follow me. Follow me. Because the moment you start looking at your brothers, by the way, envy is always with brothers. Joseph, his brothers. Jacob, Esau, brothers. Disciples, brothers. Cain, Abel, brothers. It's always among the brothers. Don't let the spirit of envy in. It will kill the church. It will kill the church. Please, please, I beg you, don't let Satan in through envy. And because of that, you need to be very careful with your heart. When you walk on that path, you're walking on that path for Jesus, man. You're not walking it to Tayang to Pastor Chiu. If you Tayang to Pastor Chiu and then you don't get that glory, why, I tell you, all kinds of bad stuff is going to come out of you. Please, be careful. Walk that path. Suffer for Christ. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Your brother's life is his life, man. Be careful. The path to kingdom power is the humble path, the painful path, but it's an open invitation, man. The road is open. Can I have the musicians on stage? It is an open path. Jesus said to him, you will drink my cup. You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right and my left is not for me to give. It is for those prepared by my Father. You know what that line is really trying to say? It is saying this, that accessing the kingdom power is not mine to give. If God wills, He will give it. If He doesn't will now, He won't give it. If He never wills, He will never give it. But the decision to get on that road, to get on that path is yours and no one's stopping you. No one is stopping you. The path is an open path. It is an invitation. Jesus is giving an invitation to every single one of us. Don't worry about the kingdom power. The Father will give that in time. But come, follow me. Jesus walks a path, you walk that same path, you are on the path of humble, self-sacrificing, serving each other. And that path will be rewarding. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And you know what he says after that? Enter through the narrow gate. You know what it's really trying to say? I spent a long time thinking about this one. When you knock, the gate opens. Ask, ask, ask. Seek, seek, seek. Knock, knock, knock. The gate opens. Enter through the narrow gate. 
But I tell you something, you can go to the wrong gate and you can ask and you can seek and you can knock and when the broad gate opens, man, the worst thing to happen for you in your life is when you knock on the, on the broad gate and it opens to the broad road and that road leads to death. Man, be very careful which door you're knocking on. Be very careful which door you're knocking on because you knock on the wrong door, your greatest nightmare will be that door opening and then you walk right into it. Knock on the narrow gate. Knock, knock, knock. And that narrow gate will open. And you walk on it, friends, I tell you, it will be a path that will be, that will be painful. It will be a path that will be narrow. It won't be a comfortable path. This is ridiculous way to sell Jesus. But it is the only way to sell Jesus. As if you can sell Jesus. This is a ridiculous way to make someone want Jesus more. But there is no other way. The path to Jesus will be full of stones and rocks and dangers. But I tell you what, it will be full of great mighty adventures. It will be full of amazing experiences along the way. And those guys walking on the broad road will never know how exciting it would have been to be on this path with Jesus, following Him day and night day and night, into Malam Pentecosta, out of Malam Pentecosta, into Leaders Advance, out of Leaders Advance, into 2020, out of 2020, into the next 25 years, and out of the next 25 years. Man, it's going to be such a rollicking good time for those of us with eyes to see, with ears to hear. Amen? The road is open. The road is open. No one's stopping you. In fact, this is an open invitation onto this road. Friends, can I invite you, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If there is anyone here, you have never given your life to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour. You may be a Buddhist, you may be an atheist, you may be a Hindu, you may be very nominal in something else, but today you've heard and you've been presented with Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, humbled Himself, became a man just like you, experienced temptations just like you. Today you say, I want to receive this Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And Jesus says, if any man acknowledge me before other men, I will acknowledge him and honour him in front of all of the heavens. Friends, if you have never been a Christian, but today you want to receive Jesus into your heart, can I invite you to stretch your hand all the way up? One, two, three. If that is you, just stretch your hand all the way up. Is there anybody here? You would like to give your life to Jesus. Stretch your hand all the way up. Is there anybody here up in the balcony? Anybody? I will not labour this. If that is you, and you really want to make a decision, I want to give you just one last moment to stretch your hand up and we want to pray with you. We want to bring you into a family of believers and walk on an incredible journey for the rest of our lives together. I want to give two more calls. The first is for those of us, you have been on a painful journey. It has been a lot of suffering. It has been a lot of hardship, standing up for Jesus, being persecuted by your mum-in-law, being persecuted by your boss, being persecuted by your clients, being persecuted by everyone who stands up against Jesus. And it's been so painful. In a moment, I want to invite you to rise to your feet because I want to pray for you. But I want to encourage you that Jesus is with you and you are following Jesus. He is with you. He's down in the pain with you. He's down in the suffering with you. He's down in what feels like, like failures with you. He is with you all the way and He will give you strength for each new day. In a moment, I want to invite you to rise and I want to pray with you. 
But there's one more group that I want to invite. If you feel that you have been neglecting the path, the path of Jesus Christ, if you feel that you've been sidestepping it, you have been avoiding it, you have been walking to the edge of the path of following Jesus that has all the humility and all the pain that can come with it and you stop short and you say, I won't cross this line, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. There is a decision, but you're not ready. You're afraid of what it will mean. I want to say this to you, my brother, my sister, I know that pain. I know that fear. I know what it feels like to be on the edge of the unknown and to be so afraid because you have never tasted that kind of suffering before. But if that is you, today you want to make a commitment. You want to make a commitment to look at Jesus. Don't look at the world. Don't, they will make you more afraid. Don't look at the suffering. It will make you more afraid. Look at Jesus. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And He will take away the sins of the earth. He will make your path bearable. He will carry you into glory one day. If today you have been neglecting this path but you want to make a decision for Him to walk on the, on the straight, narrow path of Jesus Christ. In a moment, I want you to rise up as well. So for both groups, either you've been going through a lot of persecution and pain, for the gospel for Jesus or even just in your life man life is hard it hits so hard and you've been going through that pain and you want to cry out to God because you wonder whether he is right there in the pain and suffering I want you to rise to your feet together with the other group if you feel that you've been neglecting it but today no more you want to rise to your feet for those of you in these two groups I want you to make a commitment and a stand before Jesus can you rise to your feet only for these two groups if you want can you, can you rise can you rise I want to encourage you to rise and while you are rising let us continue worshipping let us behold Jesus Christ as you stand I want you to gaze in front of you and see the cross of Jesus Behold the Lamb set to shame on earth. Behold the Lamb set to shame on earth. Let's worship. Let's worship now. Behold the Lamb set to shame on earth. In the name of so I believe. You want to come up for prayer? You can come up for prayer. Oh my God. Father, I commend all my brothers and sisters before you. Those of us who are standing because we need your strength, we need to know that you are here in the pain. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you minister to every single one of us your comfort and your blessed assurance so that we know and we can tangibly know that you are here, that this path is a good path. This path is one that you want me to endure on, but I will not endure alone. I endure with the King of Kings. I will not walk through the valley of shadow of death alone. I will walk it with your rod and your staff comforting me. Father, thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for every brother and sister here who have been carrying that weight, bearing that burden. Father, in Jesus' name, grant them relief but continue standing with them and upholding their right hand for all my brothers and sisters who for some reason have been standing on the edge of a faithful walk with you but have been avoiding you avoiding something 
out of fear, out of discomfort in Jesus' name. Friend, I want to impart upon you courage and boldness even as the Lord said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I want to impart the same words to you. Be strong, be courageous because Jesus will be with you. He will hold you up. He will hold you up. And if you see your other friends standing next to you who have been suffering all these years and they are still standing, amen. Look at them, they are still standing. And you too will be still standing. And you will be standing when everyone else has fallen. You will be standing when all the chips are down. You will be standing on that last day and the king of kings will say to you because you beheld the lamb set to shame on earth well done well done good and faithful servant well done good job well done enter into my kingdom father i thank you lord god for SIBKL, for this church, this beautiful family, this beautiful movement that you began with 15 people and now 25 years later, an unstoppable movement. An unstoppable movement. Friends, friends, if this whole thing is of men, it would have fizzled out. But if this whole thing is of God, I tell you, no man shall be able to stop it. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray a special blessing over every one of us. Father, may your blessing rest on us. May every word preached land on good soil. May we walk out of here into the light of Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, set to shame on us. So Lord Jesus, separate us now with your blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us until we meet again. And all of God's people shout a triumphant Amen. 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 Amen.